Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you again. And uh, Lord, we pray that it wouldn't be my words that we hear this morning, but that we would hear from you. And so thank you for gathering your people here. And Lord, we pray now that you would speak to us. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, before we jump into our topic for this morning, I want to tell you where we're heading uh, next weekend. Um, If you've been around Brookside for a while, you know that we tend to teach in series. So we dive into either a topic for an extended period of time or we dive into a particular book in the Bible for a, a period of time. Next week, we're going to be starting a new series called Prepared, and this series is going to be answering different questions that you might have about Christianity. They could be questions that you're asking from the point of view of you just want to know the answers for your own self, that's where you're at on the journey, or you could say from this angle, you're wanting to know these answers uh, about Christianity so that you can share those with other people. And so this series will help prepare us to be able to to answer questions, uh, uh, and to be equipped to do that for our own selves and uh, for other people. So you won't want to miss next week as we start off that series. Well, today we're in part nine of nine as we're in this series called Nine Things You Simply Must Do to Succeed in Life and Love. And if you're getting in on just kind of the tail end of this series, we've been in it for nine weeks and um, we've heard a lot of good things. It's been a very practical series and I think that that's probably the thing that we've heard the most that people have appreciated. But if you've missed one or more of the weeks, I um, want you to know you can, get, uh, you, can watch, uh, live, you can watch online all the messages at brookside.net and so um, just be sure to check that out and you can get caught up. Also want you to know that we have discussion questions that are written after each one of the messages and so on your way out, you can grab some discussion discussion questions, you can use those just personally, or you can use those with your family or with a, in, a, in, a, in a small group context. So those are in the back. And then as Jack mentioned, we are selling this book this morning, um, so you might want to grab one of these. I, I was in a small group recently that went through this book. We took nine weeks and went through each one of these nine principles, and uh, it was incredible. Um, just very, very helpful thing. So we'll just uh, throw that out to you as well. The idea behind this entire series, uh, the big idea is this, is that we believe that that Jesus Christ, when he looks at us, he desires that our lives would thrive. Uh, nobody in here wants to be average. You know, you don't want to be an average student. You don't want to be an average parent. You don't want to be an average grandparent or an average employee or boss. You want to be a, a way above average. And the cool thing is that when your heavenly father looks at you and when he looks at me, he shares that feeling. Uh, You might have grown up with the mindset that that God was not maybe for you, but the reality is Jesus Christ is for us in a big way. We see in John chapter 10 that he said that I've come that you might have life and you might have it to the full. You might have life in all of its fullness. And so know that when we approach Jesus Christ this morning, we can approach him with this mindset of, okay, the big idea is that we would thrive, and that would be um, our Heavenly Father's desire for us. Um, it's It's a pretty pretty awesome thing for us to be able to, to step into and to, uh, to really wrestle with. If you're a parent, you know what this is like. I mean, you look at your own children and, and you say to yourself, wow, I just hope they thrive in life. And um, I tell you, it's just a comforting thing to know that the God of the universe looks at each one of us, um, wherever you're at in life, wherever you're at in your journey, and he says, my desire, my hope for you is that you'll, you'll thrive in life, not just get by, not be average, but that you'll, you'll thrive. So in this series, we've been looking at what are not these nine principles that lead us to a life that we would say connected to God is, is in that place where it is thriving. And I'm really excited for this morning because when we get to number nine, this one is a game changer. Um, there's so much behind this that if this happens in your life, um, it has the potential to really do some, to do some incredible things, some big breakthroughs. 
And what I've loved about each one of these principles are they, they are incredibly practical. And today, um, you're going to find that this principle is as well. So principle number nine, four simple words. Here it is. Upset the right people. Upset the right people. Now, when I first uh, saw that one, I thought, wow, that's not going to be very fun to talk about, you know? pretty upsetting week, you know, I mean, thinking about that all week, but upset the right people, uh, what does it mean? Here's what you can be sure of. If you're the kind of person that you are willing to, you desire to thrive in life, what is for sure, make no mistake about it, is that, is that as you go through your life and as you stay committed to the noble things that God would have for you, there will be times along the path throughout your life when you're going to have to disappoint There'll be times along your journey where you're going to have to upset. People are not always going to be happy with the the things that you do. The key is, as you go through life, to disappoint the right people. So here's what this means. When you upset the right people, you make decisions not based on the fear of other people's responses to your decisions, but you make decisions based on what is right. So you think what is right first, and then you deal with the consequences of those decisions later. People who practice this principle, it's not as though they're this. This is important. It's not as though they're rude. It's not like you leave here today and you get in a fight and you say, well, the guy at church said I should upset you today. No, it's not that at all. It's this idea that, that we, we're not rude, we're not abusive at all with this, but it's this idea that, okay, I gotta, when, as I go through life, that it's just going to be a reality. Not everybody's always going to be pleased with the things that I do. Not everyone's always going to give approval when I commit to doing things that are right. I want to share a couple quotes from this book throughout this message. This is the first one. Henry Cloud put it like this. He said, these are the kind of people, the people who upset the right people, they care about other people's feelings, yes, but they do not base their decisions on them. They decide to do what is right first, and then they deal with the fallout second. You may have some firsthand experience with this. You understand what it's right where you've made a decision that was right, but it upset people. Maybe as a student, you decided, hey, you know what, everybody's going this direction, but I, I just know God's got me going this direction. And so, I, and you kind of veered off, and that wasn't, that wasn't a good thing in their eyes. It was, it was an unpopular decision, right? You upset the right people in that circumstance, or you stood up for somebody maybe that no one else was standing up for, and people looked at you in a different way, and people got upset with you because you were associating like that, and you were doing that, but you, you did the right thing. You followed God's call on, on your life in that, in that moment, or maybe you're in a friendship or you're in a relationship where you've had to draw up some clear boundaries, some healthy boundaries in an unhealthy relationship. That's never, very, very rare would that be a, a good thing. That's usually very upsetting. When you say to someone, you know, until X, Y, and Z changes, you know, I just got to pull out of this because this isn't healthy. I got to put some boundaries in place. That's not, a, that's not a, a thing that's received very well oftentimes. Maybe for you it's something at work and, and you just know you've got to make a hard call. It's the right thing you should do, but it's going to upset someone. And so you know what that experience is like. When you do it, what you're willing to do is you're willing to step into the uncomfortable zone. It's not a fun zone, it's uncomfortable, but it's the zone where you actually in that context then do upset the right people. Now on the flip side of this is the person who upsets no one. They go through life and they are, uh, they kind of live at the whims of anyone around them. Their values, their goals, the things that their aspirations in life they're really subject to what other people think and feel. 
Because they're not committed to those things above all, and so they get swayed. And so their life, you could say this, their life is really, it's all over the map. Instead of having a conversation that's uncomfortable, they refrain from it. Instead of breaking off a relationship, they keep it going, and then they look back and they go, wow, why am I still in this? And, and their, their response is this, I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to upset this other person. You may have found this to be true yourself, that you kept someone else happy, but in the process, you lost your own way. Somebody else was happy because you did what they, you want, they wanted you to do, but in the process, you... You didn't stay committed to the thing that you knew was most important for you. And you look back and you go, wow, I wasted so much time on that one. I should have just upset the right people. I, I, I wasted time. I wasted an opportunity. Let's just be real honest with each other, though. Very few people like to upset other people. If you like to upset other people, we have another message you need to listen to. You know, I don't know. That's not a good thing, right? But there are certain people in here in this room, you would say, I'm a people pleaser. And yeah, I can relate to that. You really, this, this topic is a, ooh, it's like a, you know, a knife in the heart a little bit. You understand what it means to not like to disappoint. You don't want to disappoint a friend. You don't want to disappoint a child, a boss, an employee. You don't like that. You like to refrain from upsetting other people. I had a humorous uh, encounter with this a couple nights ago. Our youngest, Easton, four years old, at 2 a.m., he starts crying loudly and Christina went and deal with him, and it, 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 it uh, subsided him for a, a little bit, but then he kind of went back at it, you know, and so I went into his room, and he's just, he's crying, but it's not the normal kind of cry, it's an angry cry. It's like a, I'm frustrated cry, very irritated. And so I sat on his bed, and, and he wasn't looking like that, real cute at this point. I sat on his bed, and I said to him, I said, Easton, what is the problem? What's, what's wrong, buddy? It's two in the morning. What's wrong? And he said, you threw my gummy bears outside and the cows came and the raccoons came and they ate them. And I was like, what? You know, <laughs> and it's two in the morning. So I asked him again. I thought I misunderstood him. And I said, Easton, what's the problem? Why are you crying? Why are you so mad? And he had this deep moany cry. And he was like, you, you know, and he pointed right at me. And I was like, wow, this kid's intense, you know. He said, you threw my gummy bears outside and the, the cows and the raccoons, they came right up the yard and they ate them. And I said, buddy, oh, champ. I said, we don't live on a farm. We don't, <laughs> we, we don't have any cows. And we, I hope we don't have any raccoons outside right now. And I, I, you don't even have any gummy bears. So this didn't happen. I said, buddy, this is a dream. Well, he's four. He didn't get that. So he cried the rest of the night. You know, he's very upset. <laughs> but think about this for a second. It's no fun to upset anyone, is it? It's no fun to enter into that. It's no fun to be upset. It's no fun to upset anyone. But in real life, when you're committed to what is right, there'll be times when you'll have to upset. There'll be times when you'll have to enter into that uncomfortable conversation. And sometimes it will come even with a very high cost. Jesus put it like this, and he was teaching a large crowd in, in, in Luke chapter 6, and he was basically giving them two lists. On the one hand, he was saying, these are things, he's saying, blessed are those, and then he filled in the blank, and he, what he was saying was, people that do these things, people that are marked by these certain things, their life will be blessed and lead to a thriving life. And then he went on, though, and he listed four other things, and he said, but woe to you, and then he listed these things. He said, woe to you. He's like, man, if this is true of you, if this marks your life, if this is the, one of the dominant things that characterizes you, he said, whoa, whoa, like, like warning to you. So he said this in Luke chapter 6, verse 26. He says, woe to you, whoa, warning, when everyone speaks 
well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Now what Jesus was saying was that there was a time when these false prophets would basically say anything that their listeners' itching ears wanted to hear. In essence, they didn't say much, and they surely didn't stand for much. And so what Jesus is saying is, boy, your ancestors, that's how they treated the false prophets. These false prophets, everyone spoke well of them because they never stood for truth. They never really stood for what was right. Jesus is saying, woe to you. If everybody speaks well of you, if if you're always on great terms with everybody, Jesus is like, whoa, no, there's, there's a problem with that. That won't always be the case. If you stand for me, there'll be times when you're gonna go against the grain. There'll be times when people will not like your choices. They'll be upset. Henry Cloud put it like this. He said, when all people speak well of you, it means that you are duplicitous. I've been working on that word all week. That's a tongue tie. You are duplicitous and a people pleaser. Anybody relate to that? A people pleaser. You cannot speak the truth, live out good values, and choose your own direction without disappointing some people. He's saying, boy, if you've got goals, if you've got values, if you've got this call on your life, there are going to be times when you're going to disappoint the right people. You might be someone right now where you would say, I need to have that conversation I know who it's with even, and I know it won't be pleasant, but I know it's right. It's a person that you might even maybe need to let go at work, a person that they just, they're not matching the values or the mission of the organization, and you've tried, but it's just, it's just not working. Or it's a relationship that, honestly, it's, it's just not, it's not right, and so you need, to, you need to shed it. Or maybe it's to sit down with a child and say, hey, I've been kind of overlooking this, but I love you, and so... I'm going to upset you for a minute. I'm going to frustrate you with what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it because it's, it's right. It's no fun, though, is it, to upset the right people? The question for you and I, oftentimes, it's not so much what should I say, what is right. The question more often than not is this, it's will I have the courage to proceed? Will I have the courage to, to jump into that water that Man, it's, it's uncomfortable. Nobody likes that. It gives me just, you know, it turns my stomach just thinking about it. But if we step into these waters, what we do is this. We don't miss out on huge opportunities, and we don't waste time. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6, Solomon put it like this. He said, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend. A per- boy, when you care about someone, you won't always say the easy thing. When you're going through life and you're committed to something, God's got a big call on your life, you know what the right direction is, it's not always going to be pleasant. You'll think of it like, wow, this is like a wound. But wound from a friend? Wound from a person that's going in a noble direction? That's okay. That can actually be trusted. You know, one of the things that just popped out to me this week is that on so many occasions throughout the scriptures, literally from cover to cover in the scriptures, we see example after example of this. Examples of the times, different times when there was something significant that was going to happen. Oftentimes the precursor to that was a tough conversation. It was a, a tough word. You look at the life of Daniel, you look at Esther, uh, to David, you go to the Apostle Paul, you look at all of the Old Testament prophets. They said, they did sometimes, they had actions that were sometimes hard, they were uncomfortable, they were in that zone where we don't typically like to go. But since they went to those places, there was 
There was breakthrough oftentimes. Significant things happened. Moments when they had the courage to upset the right people. And as a result, there was, there was great things that happened. And time and time again, we see Jesus. He modeled this principle. He was so committed, obviously, to doing what was right. And so uh, 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 multiple times throughout the, the New Testament, we see this. We see that Jesus upset people because he was committed to doing what was right. Jesus had a grand mission when he was on this earth. It was, what was he going to do? He was going to die so that we could be redeemed. He was going to offer forgiveness to all people. Now, pe- all people didn't like that. They didn't recognize how he came and why he came, and, and so they pushed back on that. But Jesus, what was he? He was committed to a, a higher mission, and so he kept going. But it says this, and you'll see this, John 8, John 10. Oftentimes when Jesus was talking and people pushed back on him, he upset people so much that oftentimes they would pick up a stone, and it says in the scriptures they were ready to throw stones at him. Why? Because he upset the right people. But in order to do this, Jesus, what did he do? He had to be clear, okay, what is my mission? Where am I going? So often we see Jesus upset the right people. Matthew chapter 23 is an example of this. Jesus said this, speaking to a group. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. That's upsetting. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but in the inside is full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. That's upsetting. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean. What Jesus was saying in this passage was, was you know what? <clears throat> There's a great mission, and here's, here it is. I want your hearts to be connected to me. But he's noticing this group of people and they're, they're going around and they're doing religious things and just, just practicing religion for religion's sake. And Jesus wants them to know, I want you to see that for what it is. He says, get away from that. He says, you, you clean the outside, you, you, you do the practices, but he says, I, I want your heart. Where's the, what's the inside of the cup like? But that was a hard thing. That wasn't a popular thing. But again, Jesus was committed to saying truth, and in the process, what did he do? Oftentimes, he exposed people's reaction, and lots of times that was anger. But what was true of Jesus is that he had an unwavering resolve to his commitments, to his mission. And so he upset the right people in the the process. In John chapter 6, you might think, well, Jesus probably just upset people that were uh, against him. In John chapter 6, so we get an interesting insight into how deep Jesus lived out this principle. Because it says that Jesus' disciples, those that were closest to him, in John chapter 6, it says that some of them, it says, they turned back and they no longer followed him. So after Jesus has been teaching for a time, they're observing him, but they're close to him. They've got the inside scoop on Jesus. But even some of the most close disciples to him, what did they do? It says, at that point, they turned back and they didn't follow him anymore. Why? Because he was committed, and in the process, he upset the right people. A friend of mine, he refers to it like this. He says, what is your big yes in life? What is your big yes? What is the thing that drives you? What's the big thing that you say, yes, that's where we're going? When you know what your big yes is, you know what it does? It allows you to say no to different things. Because if it doesn't line up to the big yes, you just go, okay, yes, that does. Oh, no, no, no. But when you say no to certain things... What's upsetting to some people? Some people get disappointed. If you look through throughout history, you you, you see this. You see this time and time again. You look throughout history, you'll see that there were 
Significant people, obviously, that, that, that stood up for significant, noble things. They did this sometimes publicly. Oftentimes, they did it privately as well. But if you look at those different examples throughout history, what you'll see is this. Those people that made these significant, um, admirable changes, that they stood for great things, they often, almost always, they faced resistance. But they were willing to. They knew, okay, in order for that to be accomplished, in order for my big yes to be accomplished, there's going to be people that will be upset along the way. Maybe for you, you've had a mentor in your life, and you've watched this person's life, and, and you just you look at it and you go, man, I, I just respect that so much. But you know that there have been seasons in their life where they've gone against the grain, and not everybody's said, wow, great job. I think you're doing the right thing. As a matter of fact, some people have said, whoa, boy, I disagree with what you're doing. You know what they've done? They've upset the right people. And in the process of saying, you know what, that's where I'm going, they've been willing to step into that uncomfortable place. Patrick Lencioni put it this way in one of his best-selling leadership books he, they called The Advantage. He said this, overcoming the tendency to run from discomfort. That's what I'm tend to do. To run from discomfort when you can overcome that, he said that's one of the most important requirements for a leader. If you want to lead your family, know this. There'll be times you're going to have to upset the right people. It always, everyone won't always go, you're, you're doing a great job. Sometimes people will go, that's weird. Or why are you doing that? Or would you stop that? But you, you be committed to the big yes and you'll know, okay, no, I can say no to that. One of the key questions in, that you can ask yourself to help you wisely upset the right people is this. Don't miss this. Here it is. Who am I seeking to please? If you land the plane on this question, who am I seeking to please, it will give you two things. One, it'll give you confidence to be able to upset the right people, but two, it'll give you the courage to do so as well. When you kind of, when you come, when you bring a lot of clarity to that and you go, okay, I know who I'm trying to please with my one and only life, and that means so much to me. When you know that, when it's crystal clear in your mind, upsetting the right people, you'll have the courage to do it. It's a game changer when you get clarity to that question. A total game changer. I love this example that we get of, of who am I trying to please in Mark chapter 14. It's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. And Jesus in this point, he's at, someone, he's at this guy named Simon's house. And he's reclining at the table with Simon and they're having a meal. And all of a sudden, and this must have been quite a moment, but all of a sudden the meal gets interrupted and this gal walks in. And, and she's a woman that's been far from God, but she understands who Jesus is, and so she's, she's there to pay honor to Jesus. And so she comes up to Jesus, and she has a jar of perfume, probably her most valuable possession. She breaks the jar, and she pours this perfume over Jesus' head. Now, to us, we were like, oh, that's a little bit weird. I don't know that I'd want that done to me. But in that culture, oh, it was great. It was like one of the, the, the most high honors that she could have given Jesus that day, right in the context of that house. But as the perfume, as the smell is kind of going around, and as Jesus has been honored in this such a significant way, this woman just wants to please him. She's got it crystal clear in her mind. Look at the response that she got in Mark chapter 14. It says that some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. What this woman had clear in her mind was who she was trying to please. 
But did it come with upsetting people? Yeah, it, it, it did, naturally. It says that they were indignant, they were mad. They were thinking of all sorts of different things that this, that this fancy perfume could have gone to, but she's like, no, 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 this is who I want to please. And Jesus comes right to her defense because she upset that, that day the right people. Here's a healthy pattern that we see, and, and this, you see Jesus live this out, and this impacts really every relationship. You might jot this down. Here it is. This is a pattern. First, make the right decision first, and then deal with the fallout second. Make the right decision first. So be committed. Say, okay, this is where I know God's leading my life, so that's where I'm going. That's the right decision, and then I'll deal with the fallout second. The last example that I want to show you, and they are just all throughout scriptures. I, I love that, how, how supported this principle is. The last example, though, that I want to take you to is this. It's in Galatians chapter 1. And in this example, the apostle Paul, he really, he's stepping into a, a, a firestorm, you could say. It's a very intense situation. But the apostle Paul has this question, who do I want to please, very clear in his mind. He's got a lot of clarity around this question. So the Apostle Paul, what does he do? You'll see this if you read the first several verses of Galatians chapter 1. You'll see what kind of what's going on is that there's a group of people that are distorting the truth of God. And so for Paul, obviously this is a big deal. What they're doing is they're trying to instill um, a distorted view of what God's grace is. And if you've experienced God's grace, then you know that, wow, that's not about your own merit. That's just a, that's just a gift from God, the grace of God. It's a gift to you. But they're distorting the truth on that. And they're wanting people to sign up for a legalistic system. And so Paul comes, and he comes on very, very strong. And after he's addressed the situation, he makes this statement in verse 10. He says this. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Who am I trying to please? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to be, please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. What Paul's saying is, boy, if, if I was just about people clapping and just saying, good job, good job, Paul. Paul's saying, I, I wouldn't even be in this conversation. I wouldn't have been able to write those first nine verses to you. But Paul's saying, you know what, my aim is, it's very clear. I know where, I, I know where I'm going. I know what's important. And so I'm going to upset the right people along the path because I'm not trying to please people. Instead, I'm trying to please God. That's, that's my high. That's my, that's my call. In 1785, I love this story. There's a young man, he was at the age of 26 at that, at that point. And during this guy's lifetime, slave trade was just off the charts. The industry was booming. And God gets a hold of this 26-year-old young man. And for the next 46 years, this guy gives his life to try, trying to overturn this whole idea of, of slave trade, this, just the atrocities that were happening to people. It's horrific. And so he gave his life to this. And every day, all those years, we're not talking about like a two-month period. We're talking about 46 years. William Wilberforce, he went to work every day. And what was he doing? He looked around. And he was, he was, his crowd was the top of the top, the leaders of the arena. And he looked around and he said, okay, I've got to upset the right people and I'm going to continue to do it because he knew, what's my big yes? He knew it was very clear. Okay, God has saved me. God has called me. I would treat all people equally. This is, this is nonsense what's going on. And it drove him, drove him nuts. And so what did he do? He gave his life to continuing to point people to, hey, that's wrong. That's wrong. 
And 46 years later, in 1833, this is three days before he'd die at the age of 73, the law was abolished. And in a lot of the British Empire, most of the British Empire, slavery was abolished. The law was put into place. Now think about this for a second. What if he wouldn't have upset the right people? What if he would have been the type of person that just said, oh, I got a little resistance. I mean, I know what's right, but it just must not be me that's supposed to kind of enter into that because it's hard. What would have happened? Well, a lot of time would have been wasted. Uh, the atrocities would have continued, and we would have had to wait till someone else came along. But instead, he stepped up, and he said, you know what? I'm going to upset the right people because I'm so committed to doing what is right that I'll, I'll upset the right people for as long as it takes. And it took him nearly all of his life. I want to read to you. This is a, another, just a key quote from the book. It says, what you should do and what someone's response is going to be are two very different issues. What you should do and what someone's responses are going to be are two very different issues. Think about that. Apply that to your situation. What should I do? Think about that first and foremost. What will their response be? That's the fallout. That's what I'll think about second. For some of you, you are in a situation where the most loving thing that you could do is to say to someone in your life, I'm sorry. I know this is very frustrating to you. But this is an unhealthy dynamic, and so I'm stepping away from it. Or, you know what, I'm sorry, I know this is going to hurt you, but this is over. This is not going down the right direction. My big yes, I, I'm getting it clear. I'm sorry I didn't have it clear, and so I brought you into this, and this thing went on for however long it went on, but, but today I'm saying, I'm sorry, I, I'm going this direction. You need to upset the right people. You need to go back to this question, and, and let me just put this one up again. This will drive you. Here it is. Who am I seeking to please? Who am I seeking to please? Ask yourself that question. When you get clarity on that question, it will help you. You'll be able to walk with courage and you'll be able to say, okay, I'm not going to probably upset people that have the same, you know, values and they're going the same direction I am, but there are certain people that that'd be the right person for me to upset. For some, maybe for many in the room this morning, the hardest word in your vocabulary, I struggle with this. The hardest word in your vocabulary is the word no. You like to say yes to about everything. And, you, and if you have kids, kids are great at bringing you lots of stuff that you can say yes to. And so one of the hardest words, one of the maybe most important words, though, that you can say as a result of this message is this, no. Well, we, we want to go there. This is at the end of my parenting. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm shooting for. That's what I'm striving for. So that'll help me get there. That'll help me get there. But... I'm sorry. At some point, we got to say no to that, no to that, no to that. And you know what? People are going to look at you and they're go, that's just weird. Well, why are you doing that? Well, we don't understand. Oh, you kind of hurt our feelings in that. Or you're in a relationship and you just make it very clear, that's where I'm going. You're single and instead of just compromising and hold, you know, you hold out and you say, you know what? That's where I'm going. So, no, not, I'm not interested. I'm going there and so I'm waiting. That's admirable. What are you doing? You're upsetting the right people. I got to watch um, our six-year-old daughter at her gymnastics practice the other night. I hadn't been to one yet. And, and so I was just sitting there watching her. So it's like 45 minutes long. There's kind of kids running around the mat. And, and she's having a blast. I mean, she's so engaged. She just loves every second of it. And so I'm sitting there watching her. And so it was like kind of a time just to look at her and watch her and kind of reflect on her and her life. And I thought to myself, oh, Lord, I just want her to thrive. I just want her to thrive in what's most important in life. 
I want you to hear this so clearly this morning. When Jesus Christ looks at you, he wants you to thrive. He doesn't want you to live an average life. He doesn't want you to go through life and and just be another average. Jesus is saying, no, no, I want you to thrive. But we see in the scriptures that, okay, when, when, when you're committed to what's noble, when you're committed to what Jesus would say is a thriving life, there'll be times along the way when it's just, there's no doubt about it, you and I, we're going to have to upset the right people. People won't always be happy with us. I want to leave you with this question. Here it is. Is there anybody in your life that you know that you need to upset in order to do what's most important, what God would have you do? Is there anybody in your life that you just need to disappoint? And you need to be okay with that, not because you're, you're rude, not because you're just abusing the situation. You need to be okay with that because you're focused on what's important to you. You're focused on what, if you're a Christian, what God has called you to. And so you're saying, okay, in light of that, I can confidently walk forward. In light of me trying to please him, okay, I can say no to that. And that's painful and it's uncomfortable. But when I know who I'm trying to please, it'll give me the courage to do that. Let's do this together. Let's pray together and uh, just ask God for his help. Heavenly Father, thank you um, for this principle. Thank you for how we see it just throughout Scripture. It seemed as though... When there was something significant, which we want to be a part of significant things, Lord. But when there were significant things happening in the scripture, right along with those things, there were people that were getting disappointed, getting upset. And so, God, we just would pray this morning that you would give us the courage to be the kind of people that we would have a crystal clear answer to this question. Who am I trying to please? And, Lord, as we try to please you with all that we have and all that we are, We pray, um, Lord, that you give us the courage to upset the right people. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.